Today on the Love Good Podcast, we are not only launching season seven, we are announcing and in fact anticipating the launch of Love Good Academy, the release of Let Beauty Speak, a book that I've been working on now for the last many months, and a whole new way to love good. My name is Jimmy Mitchell. I am feeling so privileged right now to not only be host of this podcast and chief curator of Love Good, but in fact, somebody who is standing on the front lines with all of you of not only building a better culture, but of evangelizing it from the inside out. The stakes are high. It seems to me that there's in fact crisis never ending all around us, both in the culture at large, sometimes even within the church herself. What is the role that each of us have to play in rebuilding Christian culture by first reclaiming our humanity, what it really means to be human in light of who Jesus Christ is, the one who gave us a whole new way to be human. I find it very appropriate that, in fact, this episode is releasing only a few days before the first Sunday of Advent, this season of preparation leading up to Christmas, where we, in fact, announce the birth of a king an infant king, right? Christ himself, the second person of the Trinity who entered into human history 2,000 years ago and reminded us what it really meant to know and love God as Father, who reminded us what it really meant to live in freedom and integrity and in joy, and ultimately, who died on a cross to save us from our selfishness, our sorrow, our sickness, and ultimately, death itself. What does it look like to live in that freedom, in that glory of being children of God? And maybe in these times, what does it look like to invite other people into that freedom and into that glory? And I have to say, in my own limited experience, the last 15 years of being involved in a lot of different youth and young adult ministry, family ministry as well, beauty seems to be the answer par excellence. Beauty is the entry point in these times that pierces people's hearts, elevates their souls, and points ultimately to God himself, who is the author of all that is true and good and beautiful. So over the next 10 episodes, today being the first and then 10 to come afterwards, I will be reading excerpts from this book. In fact, today I'm going to read the entirety of the introduction, which sets the stage, sets the tone, lays the foundation for not only the 10 principles that I dive into in this book, but also uh, the 10 principles that lay the foundation for Love Good Academy, this beautiful ongoing formation platform releasing exclusively to patrons alongside this book and our entire winter package the first week of December. I couldn't be happier or prouder of this new season of Love Good that is very much getting underway as this podcast season is unfolding. And thanks to all of you, especially our patrons who continue to come alongside us to build a better culture, to evangelize through beauty, and to cultivate the art of being human, which frankly, all of those things have everything to do with each other. So welcome back to season seven of the Love Good Podcast. I'll be back in just a few moments to dive straight in to the introduction of Let Beauty Speak, the art of being human in a culture of noise. Introduction. It's tempting to exaggerate the novelty of our age. Every generation tends to think that its struggles are unique or worse than the generations preceding them. While the last couple of years have been confounding and at times chaotic, the existential threats that we face today are the same as those faced by every great generation in human history. 
Think of the fall of the Roman Empire, the Great Schism of 1054, the Reformation, or the two great world wars of the last century. Major crises have a way of fundamentally reshaping culture while accentuating the perennial questions found in every human heart. What does it mean to be human? How do I live my faith during times of hostility and division? What's my unique and unrepeatable role to play at this moment in history? Personal tragedy or global disaster is often what it takes to slow us down long enough to confront reality and ask where our lives are going, what our lives are about, and how we can make a difference in the world. Because we live in a culture dominated by relativism, it's rare for people to ask these philosophical questions. Relativism has overshadowed the pursuit of truth and goodness, convincing us that it's intolerant to propose anything absolute. In today's world, any disagreement with mainstream media or higher education is a thought crime. Traditional morality is considered bigoted and out of step with the times. This relativism has given way to a culture of noise that fills our everyday lives with endless distractions. Most of us scroll our screens long enough every year to cover the distance to the top of Mount Everest and back. We spend more time behind screens than any generation in history. Technology and media have become the new arbiters of truth and purveyors of culture. In the words of Robert Cardinal Seurat, our society stubbornly hates silence and all that comes with it. The noise is pervasive and the vestiges of Christian values are few and far between. While there are pockets of holiness everywhere, the West has become increasingly hostile to the faith compared to the past. Think back to the Catholic villages of France in the height of the Middle Ages, where every church bell rang at noon as a reminder to pray the Angelus. Think back to a time when the Pope was the great patron of the arts, commissioning masterpieces by everyone from Mozart to Michelangelo. Think back to 1950s America, when Catholic Bishop Fulton J. Sheen won an Emmy Award for his weekly show on primetime television. The past wasn't perfect, but the church has been losing ground in the West for decades. Over the last few years, the implosion of Christian faith and culture has accelerated at a rapid pace with the relegation of religion outside of mainstream media and the public square. Meanwhile, our hearts are filled with quiet desperation. The noise has numbed our infinite desire for God, and our culture is sinking into despair. As we're confronted by a growing, soft totalitarianism, leaving faith and morality behind, what role can Christians play in reminding the world what it means to be human? How can we propose a way of life that transcends historical eras and empowers the church to evangelize culture from the inside out? Throughout most of college, I thought being a Christian was mostly about living a morally upright life and winning theological debates whenever possible. I argued with friends in coffee shops and did whatever it took to convince them that I was right and they were wrong. I often tried to win them over with charm and persuasion, but I quickly turned them into intellectual projects and hijacked their dignity while losing something of my own along the way. After several years as a frustrated evangelist, I began praying and fasting. I studied history and philosophy. I looked to the lives of great saints and reformers to see how they won souls and spearheaded entire movements of renewal in the life of the church. Over the course of several months, a consistent thread rose to the surface. Great evangelists never took their eyes off beauty. 
They fixed their gaze constantly upon the beautiful one who gave them their identity every day in prayer. They surrendered constantly to divine providence and allowed God to orchestrate their lives into a beautiful masterpiece. Their relationship with Jesus Christ wasn't a transaction, but a romance. They found him in the beauty of creation as effortlessly as they revealed him through the beauty of their lives. They believed deeply that adhering to a divine ideal was the only route to personal renewal, which would in turn lead to cultural renewal. They let the beauty of God's love speak to the deepest recesses of their hearts, and the beauty of their lives evangelized the world around them. While there are many enemies of truth and goodness in today's post-Christian culture, rare are the enemies of beauty. Very few argue with a blood-orange sunset, a towering mountain range, a newborn child, or an ancient church. Above all, nobody argues with the beauty of the saints. From the humble witness of Mother Teresa to the joyful wit of G.K. Chesterton, the saints have always been the greatest apologetic of every age. When beauty speaks through their holiness, it cuts through all the noise and brings truth and goodness along with it. These words from the early Christian theologian Tertullian demonstrate this truth as he mocks the enemies of the early church. And I quote, But do your worst and rack your inventions for tortures for Christians. It is all to no purpose. You do but attract the world and make it fall the more in love with our religion. The more you mow us down, the thicker we rise. The Christian blood you spill is like the seed you sow. It springs from the earth again and fructifies the more. End quote. Is there anything more powerful than Christians who are fearless before the prospect of death? In the words of Tertullian, their witness will only make others fall the more in love with Christ and his church. In fact, the early church grew by 40% a decade in spite of endless persecutions. It's only when the church gets comfortable that she turns in on herself, fades in her beauty, and begins contracting in size. What role then does beauty play in breaking through the noise, cultivating our humanity, and evangelizing our culture? There are countless ways of looking at beauty, most of them beyond the scope of this book. In brief, Plato argues that beauty is not a mere attraction in the eye of the beholder, but an objective reality in what is beheld. St. Thomas Aquinas describes it as that which pleases upon being seen. Swiss theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar calls beauty the word which shall be our first, as he explains its inseparable relationship with truth and goodness. And I quote, Beauty demands for itself at least as much courage and decision as do truth and goodness, and she will not allow herself to be separated and banned from her two sisters without taking them along with herself in an act of mysterious vengeance. We can be sure that whoever sneers at her name as if she were the ornament of a bourgeois past, whether he admits it or not, can no longer pray and soon will no longer be able to love. End quote. American theologian John Mark Miravalle describes beauty as that which ignites in us the desire for what is good and true and makes us long for higher things, which motivates us to pursue higher things, which leads to our ultimate fulfillment. All these explanations lead to the very simple conclusion that beauty points to the divine. 
Every encounter with beauty is a foretaste of heaven. In his 2002 address to communion and liberation, Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, three years before he was elected Pope Benedict XVI, sums it up like this, and I quote, Is there anyone who does not know Dostoevsky's often quoted sentence, the beautiful will save us? However, people usually forget that Dostoevsky is referring here to the redeeming beauty of Christ. We must learn to see him if we know him, not only in words, but if we are struck by the arrow of his paradoxical beauty, then we will truly know him. And know him not only because we have heard others speak about him. Then we will have found the beauty of truth, of the truth that redeems. Nothing can bring us into close contact with the beauty of Christ himself other than the world of beauty created by faith and light that shines out from the faces of the saints through whom his own light becomes visible. End quote. What is more powerful than Christian culture celebrating the beauty created by faith? What is more captivating than the light of Christ shining out from great music, timeless art, and the faces of the saints? The re-evangelization of the West depends on it. With the help of the Holy Spirit, the mobilization of the church as an instrument of renewal depends on it as well. While beautiful music, art, and architecture all carry great evangelical power, what we need most are heroic Christians living the fullness of the faith and captivating others with the beauty of their holiness. We need the next generation of saints to rise up and evangelize our culture of noise through their distinctly Christian way of life. Many books have been published that propose ways to rebuild Christian culture in light of our present situation. What makes Let Beauty Speak different? You have in your hands the battle cry of every Christian across the world who seeks to be fully human and fully alive, who wants to engage and redeem the world rather than run away from it. It's less about techniques and more about lifestyle. It's more of an art rather than a science, inspiring you to live your humanity so well that you can't help but point others to the divine. This book will teach you how to recognize beauty as an instrument in your own deepening conversion and a tool for evangelizing others. As you apply its principles to your daily life, beauty will inspire you to become more fully human, increasing the joy of your discipleship with Christ and the fruitfulness of your apostolate with Him. Over time, beauty will help integrate your faith into your personality, allowing your work of evangelization to be organic rather than forced. Beauty will also inspire a posture of humility, reminding you that Christianity is not a do-it-yourself spirituality, but rather a religion of total abandonment. The last 15 years of prayer, study, and travel have led me to write this book. Its principles have guided my life for almost as long and informed the lifestyles of countless people I've met along the way. They previously provided the foundation for a year-long formation program in Nashville for young adults. They also inspired a multi-week retreat series live-streamed during the initial outbreak of the coronavirus. They now provide the Foundation for Love Good Academy, an ongoing formation platform for Christians committed to evangelizing the world through beauty. This is not an academic book, but rather a how-to guide for living a more human, beautiful, and evangelical way of life. Each chapter is dedicated to a principle and builds off of previous chapters, intending to whet your appetite and leave you hungry for more. As I simplify and personalize big ideas throughout the book, I conclude each chapter with practical resolutions 
and book recommendations that will take you deeper. Since entire libraries have been written on each of these principles, consider this a springboard. Whether these principles are brand new to you or deeply intuitive, this book will give you language, clarity, and courage to invite others into the art of being human. If you can, read through each principle as a small group of friends or as a family. Take notes and keep a journal along the way. If we can get these 10 principles right, we stand a chance at evangelizing our culture of noise. They capture the spirit and grit of countless saints who have gone before us. From embracing childlike wonder to integrating prayer, work, and leisure into your everyday life, these principles will inspire you to live intentionally and evangelize boldly. They're a wake-up call to transform the world through the beauty of holiness. Together, we must let the beauty of God's love speak to every corner of our hearts so that human history marks our era less by crisis and more by great saints rising up from the ashes. Turn these principles into a way of life, and you'll join the long line of saints whose lives were the remedy for the isolation, confusion, and meaninglessness of their times. Jimmy Mitchell, Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross, 2021, Palm Harbor, Florida. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this first installment in season seven of the Love Good Podcast. I will not be reading through each chapter start to finish, but I thought it was very important to read through that introduction just now, not only because it sets the stage for the rest of the book, it lays the foundation for Love Good Academy, which is launching to all of our patrons next week, as early as next week. In fact, those of you who aren't yet patrons, Black Friday, there's going to be deals out the wazoo, okay? This is your chance to subscribe, to become a Love Good patron, to stand on the front lines of building a better culture, to join this global movement of Christians who are committed to evangelization through beauty. Together, we really can do this. We can change the world. We can transform it from the inside out. That's what Love Good is all about. That's what this beautiful new formation platform is all about. And there's just so many great things to come. God bless you guys. Keep me in your prayers and know of my prayers for you. I'll see you next week as we dive into our first principle in the art of being human, wonder. Wonder.